on and you will hear some things that are practical. I'm going to give you practical things. In my later days before I started this church, God was taking me down this road on how to really witness the people and lead people to Christ in a different way. Remember, when I first started out, my wife and some of you know, the main thing we did was we went downtown Trenton and we went to Kathmandu Club and we would tell people 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, in the middle of the day, you need to live for Jesus. Jesus wants to save you. And that's how I started off. And I, then I went to knock on people's door and I'm doing all of that stuff. And so that's what I did for a long time. And then I felt like God was showing me that, Wayne, that's not the only way. That's only one way. That's not the only way, Wayne. There's, there's, there's a lot of ways to reach people with this gospel. And, and so going down into the marketplace is one way. Going away for people to come outside the club is one way. But there's many other ways to reach people. And so he was directing me that way. And so here is what we'll talk about tonight. Evangelism 101. The purpose of the church in the world is to carry out the mission that Jesus left for us to accomplish. You hear that? I'll say it again. The purpose of the church is, I'm sorry, the purpose of the church in the world is to carry out the mission that Jesus left for us to accomplish. That's the only purpose of the church. That's the only purpose of the church. That's the only purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is, the purpose of the church in the world is to carry out the mission that Jesus left for us to accomplish. If you have your mind on something else, it's not the purpose of the church. This is the purpose of the church. I'll get into a little bit more and show you. In Acts chapter 1, Luke wrote Acts, and so Luke says, he tells us, of the last days of Jesus on this earth before Jesus' ascension. He gives the disciples undeniable proof. Jesus did give the disciples undeniable proof that he is alive, spending time with them, sharing and teaching. At this time, the disciples were still concerned with when God would fulfill his promise to return the kingdom back to Israel. So they're worrying about the kingdom of God for the, for the Jews to have the kingdom of God reigning in their land. That's what they were worried about. Jesus wasn't worried about that at that time. The disciples did not understand that they would soon operate as the body of Christ on the earth. So listen to this. This is very important. The Bible calls the church the body of Christ. God makes no mistake in how he operates. Watch this. The church is the body of Christ. Now think about what the body does. Isn't the body like an instrument? Isn't the body what we, you know, where the hands are attached to? Fingers are attached. Legs are attached. So you can go ahead and say the body is what does work. We can't move if it's not for the body. And Jesus calls us his body. So while the church is the body of almighty God and the head is almighty God, the bottom line is this, 
The church is his body, which means we're supposed to be the thing or the people that's doing the work. Another interesting thing about the body is the body doesn't have a head. It does. But here's where I'm going. As the church, the body of Christ, we don't have a head unless it's the head who is Christ. So the body don't have its own head is what I'm trying to tell you. Christ is the head of the body. So the body is the church and the head of the body is Christ. Can somebody tell me what that's working out in your brain? What does that mean to you? If Christ is the head and the body is the body, then, then what's going on? What do you think I'm trying to get to? Well, here's where I'm going. The body can only go and do what the head tells it. <laughs> think about that now. The church is the body made up of a whole bunch of people, right? And the head of the body is Christ. So the church really is can't go anywhere if the head don't tell it where to go. The, the, the body can only do what the head said it can do. So the bottom line is the church is the body of Christ. We are his hands. We are his feet. And sometimes he allows us to speak, but it's really his words that we're speaking. But we are the vessel that operates, that do the work. So here is something that you need to know. We can fast and we can pray and we can call on the name of the Lord and say, God, we need this. And, we, and God will answer and says, all right, he still need a vessel to do it. And so we have people pray nonstop, pray and pray and pray. If you stay in your house and pray, this is why it's so silly to say, oh, I'm a Christian and I believe, but I don't go to any church. How are you going to get the mission of Jesus Christ completed? If you just stay in the house and pray, if you just stay in the house and read, and all you do when you leave the house is to go to work or do your necessity, how are you going to accomplish the will of God? So that's not the will of God for us to stay and pray. Prayer is outstanding, and we, need, we know we need to do it. It's communication with God. It's, it's relationship with God. But after we get done praying, God is going to tell us what to do. After we get done praying, God is going to tell us what to do. The question now is, when God tells us what to do, what are we going to do? Do we still keep praying? And he's saying, just get up. I just told you where to go and what to do. So we pray to get instruction from God. Once he gives us the instruction, we have to go. And so it's important to understand that we are his body and he is, he is the head. And the head is the one who gives the instruction. In Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1. Well, let me finish up what I was saying. I was saying the disciples did not understand that they would soon operate as the body of Christ on earth. It would soon be made clear that it was the plan of God for the kingdom to be advanced through the lives of believers. It is the will and plan of God that 
his mission be advanced through the lives of the believers of Jesus Christ. So here we go. Understand now your great responsibility, all of us. Understand this. Jesus came, God came in the flesh. He taught, he lived the life as an example. He loved, he provided, he did everything that he could. He showed us and taught us what the mission is, why he came. He says, here's why I came. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so if you watch me, I love people. I ate with people. I hung out with people. I taught people. I provided for people. And I taught them the gospel. That's what I did. And so now I must go. And I need you all, my body, my people, my children, to continue the work and the message that I was doing. That's all the church is about. Now, I know we added some singing. I know we added some music. I know we added many other things. And he's saying, it's okay. Go ahead and do that. But just don't take your eyes off the mission. So I know you're going to sing. And when people come in, singing is going to uplift them. Go ahead. That's okay. No, we're going to play good music. That's great. David played instruments for Saul. He says, make a joyful noise. He said, all of that is good. But that's not the mission. <laughs> that's not the mission. Singing is not the mission. Playing instrument is not the mission. All of what we do is not the mission. The mission is to preach the gospel to everybody. Maybe getting ahead of myself here. Acts chapter 1 verse 6 through 8 says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, Will thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the time or the season which the Father had put in his own power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Every individual believer as a part of the collective body of Christ has been called and equipped to advance the kingdom of God by evangelizing the earth with the gospel. The word evangelism, when you look it up in the Greek, means to preach the gospel. The word evangelism, when you look it up in the Greek, means to preach the gospel. So I got to tell you, Daryl, you a preacher of the gospel. Sam, you a preacher of the gospel. Brother Scarlett, preacher of the gospel. Simeon, preacher of the gospel. Fox, preacher of the gospel. Brown, preacher of the gospel. Mr. Messina, preacher of the gospel. <laughs> Don't mess with me. But we all are preachers of the gospel once we become born again. Don't, don't make anybody tell you anything different. You are, when you give your life to Christ and he adopts you into his kingdom, you become a preacher of the gospel. The very nature of evangelism demands the transmission of knowledge 
and revelation from one person to another person. So, if we're going to evangelize, here is what's happening. You're transmitting knowledge from you, revelation that you have received from God. You're transmitting that from yourself to another individual. Now, maybe because we're not comfortable talking to other people, maybe we're not comfortable with what we think we know, and that may hold us up and why we don't do it. But I'm here to tell you tonight, God will not take that as an excuse because you can if you will do it. Jesus said, in Paul's writing, Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So, to just think that you can't because you're just not good with people, I want you to get that out of your mind. Because once God has brought you in, he says, I'll take care. Remember now, you're just the body. The body don't have a mouth. You're just the body. You don't have an intellect of what's going on. Your intellect and your voice comes from the head. So you don't have to worry about what to say. You don't have to worry about how to handle people. You just let the voice, you just let the head just transmit down to you and you just transmit to whomever he brings before you. Don't you worry about what to say, what to do. Just trust him. Just trust him. And so when he places you before individuals, what he's saying is, now I need you to transmit knowledge and revelation to that individual from yourself to them. Transmit it right now. Go ahead, speak. Trust me, you try it, you'll see. You walk away saying, ooh, I didn't know I knew that. You probably didn't know that. But the head knew that. And so the head just downloaded some stuff into you and you just ended up just, just repeating what the head put into your heart. But you got to do what the head said in order to explain that. Now here's our challenge. In order to do what the head say we need to do, that is to preach the gospel to every person, we must learn how to have relationships. God does not intend for soul winning to be the exclusive privilege of a chosen few. For years, we think telling people about the gospel is just for a chosen few. God did not intend for his work to operate like that. Every born-again believer has been commissioned and equipped to be a soul winner. The key to consistent soul winning can be summed up with these two words. The key to soul winning or evangelism, preaching the gospel, the key to it can be summed up in two words. Intention and relationships. Intention and relationships. Let me talk to you for a second here, Sister Clark. Because you can relate, that's what I'm talking to you. For years when we went to knock doors and tell people Jesus is Lord and he loves you and we evangelize them and we give them a track or something, the percentage of people 
that came to church when we did that was probably less than 1%. But our gracious God sent visitors or guests to our church services those Sundays we went out and knocked doors. I don't know where those guests came from. I don't know what happened, how they got there. I just know somehow somebody invited or somehow somebody been planning to come for the longest. And then all of a sudden they show up on that Sunday when we went to knock on doors that Saturday. You got to reap from where you sow. So they didn't come. All of those 50, 100, 200, 300 doors that we knocked, sometimes nobody came from those doors. But people came in the church anyhow. You want to know why people didn't come? That we knocked on their doors? No relationship. We didn't have relationships with them. That's why they didn't come. It, the only way they can come with no relationship and we knock on their door is by the power of the Holy Ghost. It's by God getting a hold of them and says, get up out of this bed this morning. Move because I want to do something in your life. If God doesn't do something specifically miraculous in their life when we knock on their door, they're not coming. No relationship. No relationship. So that's what we were up against over the years and felt like, oh, you know, we're doing it. We were doing the will of God, but we didn't see the results from those specific efforts because no relationship. Now, we still got to do that. The Bible says go into all the world and preach the gospel. So sometimes it's just getting the message out to them and they decide whatever they want to do with it. Or sometimes it's just us planting the seed or watering a seed that's already planted and hopefully God will give the increase. But the bottom line is, usually those people don't come because of relationship. People come because of relationship. Intention. What I said is two things that we must do when it comes down to soul winning. Intention and relationship. Intention. We will only succeed long term at that which we undertake with intention. If we don't start to tell people about Jesus Christ on purpose, with intention, then we won't do it. It's not something that you wake up and just say, all right, let me figure out. Um, no, 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 no. You have to do it. When you wake up and you pray and you get into the presence of God through praying through the tabernacle, you get into the presence of God, you have to say, now, God, there's going to be people I encounter today. I will on purpose, on intention, talk to them. Will you put the right words in my mouth and in my mind to speak to every individual who I will encounter? Let me speak to them on purpose, intentionally, about you. If we're waiting for God to say, I'm going to send somebody over to you and you can just talk to them. It doesn't work that way. Listen, we must plan and we must prepare ourselves. And if God decides that he doesn't want to use our plan and our preparation, he's going to do it his way, that's fine. But if God does want us to, does want to use our plan and our preparation, if we don't prepare and we don't plan, then what? So sometimes we don't plan because we think, well, God is God. He's all powerful. He can do it. Okay, he can. But what if he doesn't want to? What if his will and his plan is you prepare yourself, you do it intentionally, and it will happen? What if that's what he wants? 
So we must be intentional and we must plan and do it. And we must build relationships. I'm going to jump ahead and tell you a statistic that's going to stagger you. In a poll conducted by the Institute for American Church Growth, 1,400 people were asked how they came to know Christ or how they came to church. 14,000 people were asked how they got to church. You ready for the answer? Brother Sam? 75%. 75, I said. Out of 100%. 75% of people that get to church got there because a friend or family member invited them. Mm. So if we don't tell anybody, nobody comes. 75% of people that come to church came because a friend or family member invited them. The Bible says we are ambassadors. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassador for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God because of this calling to be an ambassador for Christ. Each born-again believer must intentionally build relationships with people. Relationship building must be done with purpose in mind to let our light shine as believers. We must intentionally and prayerfully approach opportunities to share our testimony and the word of God. So God calls us ambassadors. Anybody know what an ambassador is? Representative of a country, right? And what's our country? Heaven. And we're in this foreign country called Earth representing heaven. Oh, help me, Jesus. Uh, we sing the song, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasure's all laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And so the bottom line is if you really understand the word of God, you understand that this world that you're living in is not your permanent residence. You are what they call um, a permanent resident for right now. Can't even call you that. No, you're just a foreigner. You're a foreigner. you a Christian living in this world. You are a foreigner. Your citizen lies in heaven. That's where you have citizenship. Your passport is stamped citizen of heaven. You're just here. Representing your country. That's how we need to think. We're here representing our country where we're from, where we are a citizen, heaven. And so while I'm here, I'm just spreading the good news about my country. I'm just letting them know how great my country is and that they can become citizens. Everybody that's in this earth that is the citizen of earth, I can make them a citizen of heaven. If they will listen to what I have to say. And that's what all of us are supposed to feel like. So 75% of people that come to church were invited by a relative or a friend. Thank you. 
Jesus did much of his ministry around a dining room table, building relationships. He was even called a glutton and a wine-bibber by those who did not understand his purpose. In his methods, Jesus Christ exemplified to us that evangelism is most effective in the context of relationship. So, back to what we say, Sister Clark. We did what we're supposed to do, but many people didn't come to Christ from that effort because it's relationship, relationship that brings people to Christ. My grandmom, I don't know, I, can't, I don't know if my grandmom went to church any other time other than if it was some occasion. I don't remember my grandmom being in church any time. When we were little, we went to church, but I don't remember her being in church. She in church now? Why? Relationship. Relationship. That's the way God has chosen to operate. And then when you look at the way Jesus operated when he walked this earth, you will see before he started telling people about the kingdom, relationship. And I think that could be where a lot of us are struggling. We don't like relationship. It's hard to build relationship. It's hard to get into relationship. But can I tell you this like I told you Sunday? Don't worry about the outcome. Because we're worried about the outcome, because we want to dictate how the outcome is supposed to be, we stop doing things or don't do things because it, we just want that certain result. And if it's not going to be that, then we don't want to do anything. And so all of us do things with an intentional outcome. Can I tell you? We need, we need to kind of lay that to the side. You need to get a blank mind when it comes down to doing God, God's business. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Everything that you're doing, I don't care about the outcome. I'm just doing what Jesus want me to do. Can I tell you a little secret? I've heard, and I recently today just heard a pastor said this. I didn't hear him out of his mouth, but somebody very, very close to him said this. And he said it, and, 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 and I heard it. And this is what was said. I can't believe those people are doing this to me after all I have done for them. Forget about the outcome. Because if you worry about the outcome, you're going to get hurt. If you worry about the outcome, see what you do when you worry about outcome, you are setting yourself up. And so you start to put into your mind how things should be. But remember I said, God is the only one who controls outcome. God is the one that, that can make the outcome perfect. You can't make the outcome perfect. So when you get into relationship building, stop worrying about, well, I don't want to get hurt. Don't worry about, well, they just they 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 always like this. Forget about all of that. Go into the relationship blank and accept that person for who they are because why? Really deep down the reason you're doing it is for Jesus. Uh-huh. You're not doing it for you. 
Now, will you reap benefits out of it because you and that person become good friends or whatever? Oh, yes, both of you will reap benefit from the relationship, but you can't go in looking for that. And you can't go in, you know, kind of summarizing in your mind how it all supposed to pan out and how it all supposed to work out. Got to leave that alone. Let Jesus do it. If we can get our minds that way, then we will get into relationships with a different mindset and we will be a lot more comfortable getting into relationships. I'm not messing with him. I'm not messing with her. They're not kind of like me. You stay away from people that's not kind of like you. But remember the body of Christ. Everybody has something for somebody else because no two people are alike the same. So somebody that I might be going in a relationship with, I might try to line my, you know, look at it. Well, we just not, you know, instead of saying there's something in that individual that God has placed in them that will be a blessing and a benefit to me. Just like something in me will be a blessing and a benefit for them. That's how we got to look at it. We can't look at it as that we're just not the same. <laughs> Listen to this. I hope I get to it real quick. I have built a list, and I'm continuing to build a list of unsaved or backslidden people that I'm praying for. I'm, I've built the list, and you guys are going to end up building that list because that's where I'm going with this. I'm just jumping ahead because I'm telling you something. I've built the list, and here's what's funny about building a list, Brother Scarlett. You begin to write down names, and then another name pop in your head, and you're like, <laughs> you start, you start, Brother D, you start to, that person just, and, and then, you know, the, the thought just kick in, oh, do you want them saved or not? That's just the thought that come after that, you know, I'm, I'm in my mind like, me and them just, put them down, what if you use me, God, to go talk, I don't know about that, they rough, God. And all you can and, and you just smile and just say, but I do want them saved, Lord. I do want them saved. And that's what it comes down to. So you build your list, whatever he puts in your heart and your mind, you just got to build the list. Because at the end of the day, God is no respect of persons. And we're supposed to be like him. We can't decide who we should pray for to get saved or not. Whoever you're connected to by any way you're connected to them, pray for them to be saved. You can't say to yourself, they'll never be saved. I tell myself all the time, if he could save me, he can save anybody. Remember what I told you. I was telling Sister Phillips this the other day. People that feel like they're good are the hardest people to reach, not people that are doing real bad. People that are smoking weed and drinking, selling drugs, they know that they're in a bad place. They know they need Jesus. So whether they accept them now or they're trying to wait, that's another story. But you can't tell them they need Jesus and they say, oh, man, you crazy. I'm good. No, they know where they are. I'm just drinking my drink right now. I'm getting my drink on. You know, let me smoke what I got to smoke right now. Let me keep shooting dice all I want. Let me sell drugs all I want. I know it's wrong. Hopefully one day I can give my life to Jesus. They know that already. But people that live okay, they kind of work. They're not bad. They're not hanging out. They're doing okay. You go to them. 
They don't feel like they're that bad. They feel like they, their efforts on how they're living should be good enough. That's what they think. Should be good enough to get them to heaven. They're the harder people to reach. So that's why I said I was hard to reach. Because I loved the world and I wasn't really all the way to the left doing real bad. So when you come talk to me, the easiest thing for me to do is say, please, I know some people, they just terrible. Don't go talk to me about you. Go talk to them because they terrible. I'm okay. I could have said that when people started telling me about Jesus because I knew a whole lot of people. As a matter of fact, I had friends when I was in the waiter business and, 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 I'm, and I was a waiter. I was working in good places where I would bring home on a good night. I can bring home three, four hundred dollars in, in a good night. Well, depending on what kind of drug dealer you was, that's what you made on the block. Now, if you're real good, you can make a few G's in one night. But if you're just, you know, a runner or something, you're not making a whole lot. You might make four or $500. So to me, that drug dealer wasn't making no more than me. I was coming home, and we would meet at the club, and I would have a pocket full of money from waiter money, and they would have a pocket full of money from being in the streets. I thought I was okay. See, see the difference? So, so people that are living okay are the hardest to reach. Not the ones that's downright just out. No, they know. It's just a matter if they're ready or not. But they know. We can't choose who to witness to. We can't choose who to pray to save. We have to get into it. So here's where I'm going to go, and I'll stop and pick back up next week. So what God is asking us to do is become ambassadors. But we have to do it through relationships. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 says, he who has friends must show himself friendly. You ain't got no friends. You're not friendly. Just, 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 just accept that and say, okay. And, and then start saying, but if, if I'm a child of God, I need to begin to get better with that. Okay. So if you, if you don't have a lot of friends, just say, I'm not friendly and just say, you know what? I need to do better with that. Because God is requiring that in my life. Look at this. If we are called to be witnesses, which we are, we are called to be the body of Christ, which we are. Now, the question is, we're supposed to reach people and we have to do it through relationship. The question is, who who are these people that we're supposed to build relationships with? Who are these people that we're supposed to build relationships with. And here we go. There are three groups of people who are candidates for relationship evangelism. Here are some of the people, some of the lists. People who we currently know. Think about some people who you currently know. People we knew in the past. People we would want to know in the future. So these are three different groups of people that we can build relationships with. Three groups of people that we can build relationships with. People we currently know. People we knew in the past. And people who we want to know in the future. Today I, I was at a funeral. I helped out with a funeral today. And um, at the burial, some guy walked up to me. I don't, I'm not good with people, man. My old 
buddy called, um, named Stace, he always remember people's name, and I can't remember people. Some, every time somebody come up to me, I said, where is Stace? He would tell me who that person is. And so this guy came up to me at the cemetery. Man, I didn't know you was a reverend. I haven't seen you since school. Hey, man, yeah, I am. In my mind, I'm shaking my head. I don't even recognize you, dude. I'd be mad about that, though, Sam. I do want to recognize people, but I just don't have that, you know? But the bottom line is people you currently know, people in your past, and people you want to know in the future. Those are the three groups of people that you want to start to build relationships with. All right. So here we go. With each of these groups, it is important to be intentional in building relationships. A good way to do this is to create a list of individuals for each category and track the progress. So we're still talking about evangelism here. And so the whole deal now, we have narrowed this down to we're all called to evangelize. All of us. None of us can escape that. We're the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is to complete the mission that Christ began. So none of us can get out of it. But what the Lord is telling us is the best and most effective way to get evangelism done is through relationships. Relationships. So he, we have three groups of people here that we can build relationships with. Let's deal with just the one group, and then I'm finished, and I'll pick back up next, next week. So here's the first group individuals each individual should move through this segment of the simple path so you got to move through this 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 is how you're going to build this is how you're going to build before i give you the group this is how you're going to build the relationship check this out check this out listen to this real good this is how you're going to build a relationship the first thing you want to do is make initial contact Initial contact. That's the first thing you want to do when you're building a relationship. Just think about it. Initial contact. The second thing you want to do is to become acquainted. Once you make the initial contact, you try to find out their name. Everywhere you go from now on, every people you encounter, just say, hey, what's your name? On the second go around, because the second go around, you're trying to, you know, get acquainted. So the first time, hey, man, you know, I say, what's up to you? You kind of seem kind of like, you, you know, good vibe come back. All right, that's cool. So next time I see him, hey, man, good to see you again. What's your name? What's your name? As soon as you get in your car, write it down. Will you met them, write the name down. The third thing, serve them. How do you serve them? All right, I'll, I'll do the role play real quick. So I meet Sam at Starbucks. Hey, man, hey, we smile at each other. And so... You know, he order his Starbucks. He leave the line. I order mine. I leave the line. A couple of days, I, we came and I see him again. I smile. Hey, man, good to see you again. What's your name? He give me his name. I give him my name. All right. Next time I rolled it back, I see him in there again. And he ordered something. And so now I probably either pay for it or I probably, when they put it down, hey, here you go, man. Yes. I know y'all saying, man, all of that. Yes. What is one soul worth to you? What is one soul worth to you? Go ask the Lord what one soul is worth. And so you serve them. That's the, that's the third thing. The fourth thing, you move the friendship level. How do you move the friendship level? 
you probably want to, you know, find out where they work, a little bit about their family, you know, tell them a little bit about yourself and stuff like that. And you get into that a little bit. Then eventually uh, they're going to want to know a little bit about you. You tell them a little bit more about you, you know, you know, your testimony about you know, who you are and how you got into Christ. Then you probably expose a little bit of the gospel message to them. Then eventually you invite them to church. That, that's kind of how it worked out. So first thing you want to do, the initial contact. Then become acquainted with them. Third, serve them. Fourth, move to friendship level. Start telling them about themselves, tell, tell them about you, you tell them about your, your, yourself as well. Then the next time, you share your testimony. Then after that, you can tell them about how good God is. Then after that, you invite them to church. Now, that's what you want to do when you're trying to build relationship. Now, Here's where I'm going to finish tonight. The first group of people we said are people you currently know. And these are the people that you're going to use that strategy on. You're going to work on. Friends that you currently have. Your family members. Your co-workers. Your neighbors. And your acquaintances. That's the first group of people that you need to begin to list the names of those people. Friends. Family, co-workers, neighbors, and acquaintances. You list those people on your list, and now you start to work them. Now, last thing I'm going to say is, this is not manipulation. This is not, oh, I'm trying to do anything. All I'm trying to tell you is, at the end of the day, this is the most effective way to lead people to Jesus Christ. And as a born-again Christian, it is part of your DNA. It's who you are to lead people to Christ. This is not left to the pastor or to the evangelist or to the, 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 the deacon. It's not left to those people. Every single person that is saved is a part of the body the body of Christ, the vessel that God uses to do his work because he's no longer here. He sends down the instructions, and we're the ones that get it done for him. So nobody is exempt from this. This is everybody's responsibility as a Christian. The only way you don't do this is if you're not a Christian. The only way this doesn't pertain to you is if you're not a Christian. Remember this, though, because sometimes we get challenged and say, boy, that's tough and blah, blah, blah. But let me tell you this. You will reap from where you've sown. God will not ask you. The Bible says God owes no man. You ever, you ever read that? It says God owes no man. You know what that means, Patricia? It means whatever God says I would like for you to do, he's going to make sure you benefit from it. Oh, yes. So he's not telling you to go through this whole build friendship, build relationship and all this stuff. He's not telling you to do that. And then on top of it, be like, well, you just serve me because I'm God. 
That's not what he's saying. He's saying we're in relationship. And because we're in relationship, we are on this mission together. Because you can't do it without me. We must do it together. I'm the brains, and you're the one that is the, 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 the vessel that can get it done. But I'm the brains behind this. We're working together. This is not manipulation. We're working together. This is not, oh, we go to church and we got to go serve the king of kings. That's not what it is. It's relationship and we're working together to reach people that will go to hell and spend eternity in the lake of fire just being tormented day and night for all eternity. That's what we're trying to prevent. That's what we're trying to prevent. And like I said when I first started, is this. It will save your own bacon. You start sowing efforts into this. And the days when you get weary, and the days when you feel like this is hard, and the days that you feel like, I just want to do my own thing, and the days when you feel like, I don't want to hear nothing about God, and the days that you feel like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I'm just going to take a drink. I'm going to smoke. I'm going to do whatever I want. All of those days when you feel like you want to do whatever you want because you did this, God's hand will just, and pull you back in and say, no, you ain't. And you're going to wonder, where am I getting that strength from? Where am I getting that will from to not do what I really want to do because I'm so frustrated, I'm so mad, and I just want to do what I want? Where am I getting the strength from to not do it? It's God because you will reap from what you have sowed into. And because you have sowed into people's life to help them get saved and to help them know Jesus Christ, God is going to say, I need you to stay saved because they're looking at you and they're, they're, they're knowing that you're the one that's helping them. I don't need you to crash and burn now. I need you to stay strong and God will help you and give you the strength that you never had. That's why this is so effective. Because not only that you save people from burning, you save yourself in the interim and you don't know that. The Bible says, the Bible says, they that try to save their life will lose it. Everybody out there that's looking out for number one, doing everything to save their bacon, they will lose their life. They will find themselves in hell. And I say that not lightly because I, I can't say that without my heart not saying, oh, God, that, that's not good. But people that are trying to live for themselves, they will not make it to heaven. It's the people that decide, I'm going to live for God, the Bible says, but they that will lose their life for my sake will gain eternal life. And how you lose your life, what is he saying? When you just make your life about the mission of Christ, you will gain eternal life. It's the only way to gain eternal life. People that stay, in, Brother Sam, let me tell you this because you're my man. Brother D, let me tell you this, you're my man. Y'all are new Christians. People that stay in church, they, they, you, know, you know, when you're new and fresh, you're okay. But people stay in church for a little bit, Sam, and church becomes just the usual to them. And really and truly, a lot of them just start showing up just to show up. God ain't working in their life. They don't have this desire, this drive, this motivation because you know why? They're not doing this. 
And because they're not doing this, it just they just go through the motion. And what happens is they go up and down like this. And so for two months, they're doing good. How you doing, man? God is good. Then for another two months, man, I'm going through. That's what happened to people that don't that don't practice this. A couple months they good. Another couple months, man, I'm going through. Let me tell you about this. When you're doing this and you're going through, you don't even think about you going through. Because what happens is you realize there's somebody that don't know Christ that I'm trying to help know Christ. I know Christ. And I already read the scripture which says that 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 all things work together for the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So if I love God and I'm doing his purpose, I know whatever's going wrong in my life, God got it all under control. I know it'll be fine. So let me help this guy. Let me help him understand what Christ wants to do in his life. Let me understand. Let me help him know that Christ loves him. That will become your focal point, And you won't worry about all the other stuff. So when I say to you, hey, you coming on Thursday and, you know, you come in and you had a hard day at work. But, boy, you was talking to somebody and he was just getting it. You come in, and we've been rough, but I was talking to this dude, right? You'll see how quick it switched to that part. You'll say, yeah, it was kind of tough this week, but I was talking to this guy, right? And I was telling him, and, man, he said, that's all you want me to think about. You're only going to be thinking about the guy that you talked to that was interested. And you might have went through a whole lot. Nah, that don't matter. This guy I was talking to, he want to know about Jesus. That's why this is so effective if we do it for the rest of our life. It will keep us on our toes. It will strengthen us and help us. Amen. Any questions? Next week, Thursday, we'll pick back up, and I'll take it to where we're going. We're going somewhere. This is just how you, I, this is just to get you to understand about soul winning, evangelism, how to stay in God, how to help people get to God. Next week, I'm going to give you the tools that you will use to reach them. The tools you will use to reach them. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yeah, if you want to start the list, start the list. I started my list. I've been working on my list. I told you I was writing my stuff down. I'm like, I don't want to pray for them. And the Lord said, how can you not want anybody saved? You're supposed to want everybody to be saved. I said, all right, Lord, all right, all right, all right. I'll put them all on my list. Because there's some people you talk to over and over again, and they, they act like they don't want it, and you, but you still got to pray. So make your list. Friends, family members, acquaintances, make your list and start praying for them because you'll realize what the prayer does. Any other questions? Good? All right. Thank you for your time. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Oh, um, real quick, this Saturday, this Sunday.